Hello everyone, welcome to our continuing coverage of the Halo 4 campaign. This time we are going to be covering the fourth mission, Infinity. And this takes place in a beautiful, beautiful jungle area, in, in my opinion. This is probably right up there with Requiem in terms of just a beautiful play style. Or a play area that you can just walk around in and it's, it's fantastic. And to join me on this adventure is Mythic Tyrant. Welcome What's to the on, show, ladies and gentlemen. Not much. We are we are excited about Halo Four, and uh, we're glad to have you on the show. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. Uh, I want to say this may be your first time on the show. I'm not. I, I think it is. Okay. So welcome to Pod Tackler, the craziness that is. Thank you very much. We'll I be. really am honored to be here. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, since this is your first time on our show, why don't you give our audience a brief introduction of who you are, what you do in the Halo community, and kind of where you lurk around and, and websites and all that good stuff. Why well, lurk everywhere? But I can't put that on the on the uh, podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, basically, I am the father of Mythic Difficulty, which is legendary, all skulls on, no deaths, uh, single segment for each and individual mission. Uh, you can find my walkthroughs on mythictyrant.com. Uh, currently, I have my legendary walkthrough for Halo 4 up. That is each and every mission of Halo 4 on legendary, single segment, no deaths. So if you have any trouble getting through Halo 4 on legendary, that is the place to go. I have had my mythic community up and running for about five years now, and I am very proud to run it. I have some Excellent, dedicated members. Uh, shout out to RC Master, our soldier, um, just some really great people who just encouraged me to keep going. Uh, I have been in love with the Halo franchise, even as it has passed from Bungie to 343 Industries. I think 343 Industries has done an excellent job carrying the torch, and I'm very happy to be a part of their campaign. Very, very nice. So dig into a little bit of what mythic difficulty truly means because i think for a lot of people that don't exactly know what it is they maybe have heard about it before but give us the nuts and bolts and the nitty-gritty of what mythic difficulty truly is and how much of a pain it can be <laughs> i'd be happy to dustin listen all right so mythic is not necessarily for everybody it's for those who are truly in love with the campaign and just want to extend the life of their game Mythic, again, is legendary, all skulls on, single segment, no death, which is what the Iron Skull is for. But, you know, a lot of people try to uh, get around that via the save and quit glitch. Um, it's what's the best way to say this? You really have to be in love with the campaign to do it. And I have loved the campaign for so long through Halo 3, ODST, Reach and Halo 4 that I have dedicated my time and everything just to completing this. Uh, so again, it's not for everybody, but if you want to extend the life of your game, that's what it's for. Now, if you're having trouble, a good way to check out my uh, Mythic Guide so far is on the website halo.bungie.org. Currently referred to as HBO, not the channel. Uh, yeah, we're good friends with those guys over there. They're awesome. Great I, group of guys. Claude is like my second father, uh, Louis Blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has been so kind to publish my guides on his site. Um, you can find them there for Halo 3, ODST, and Reach. And I'm currently in the works for uh, the Halo 4 Mythic Guide as well. 
Um, it's certainly not easy, but there is a reward for it in Halo 4. There's a really cool emblem called the Lazo emblem, which, again, Lazo stands for Legendary All Skulls On. Now, you don't necessarily have to follow all of the mythic rules to get it. Um, again, the difference between mythic and Lazo is mythic is legendary, all skulls on, no deaths, permission. Lazo, you can technically save and quit, but I don't recommend it. It kind of defeats the purpose of the challenge. Um, again, I've been doing this since 2007. It's an excellent way just to extend the life of your game, and by the end of it, you just feel so rewarded. It's excellent, and I want every single person out there to get their most out of the Halo game. Alrighty. So in Halo Reach, before, before we move on to the mission, guys, I know you're you're eager to hear that, but before we go there, in Halo Reach, there was one key difference in Lasso that was not, I guess, held throughout what Lasso is supposed to be, and that is the inclusion or exclusion of the blind skull. That is true. So is that only a Reach thing, or is that kind of across the board... That is ex- that is exclusively Reach, and the reason why they did that is because they ran their first challenge on Winter Contingency, which is the first mission in Halo Reach, and so many people complained about the Blind Skull that Bungie caved in and said, okay, in the future, laser challenges will not include the Blind Skull, but that is only Halo Reach. That does not imp- uh, include the rest of the games. That does not include Halo 4. Halo 4, if you want that Lazo emblem, you have to turn the blind skull on. I know it's a pain in the butt. Um, For me personally, I've played so long with the blind skull that I've learned where the reticle is. And it's slightly different from uh, first person to vehicle. Uh, Whereas in first person, it's about an inch below the center of the screen. And in the vehicle, it's in the dead center of the screen. But uh, if you want a tip, for someone who's not so familiar with using the blind skull, you could put a little bit of sticky tack on the screen, which will help you pinpoint all those snipers, all those enemies. But the, to be honest with you, the biggest uh, handicap of the blind skull is not being able to monitor your health or seeing your radar. Or grenades or ammo count. Exactly. Yeah. So you're really put at a huge disadvantage. You are, um, but I got to tell you, as long as I've been playing Mythic, um, if you play Heroic and Legendary before you try Mythic or Lazo, you kind of get used to it, and you start counting the shots in your head without even realizing it. So it is entirely possible, even without that sticky tack, it's just a matter of how well you know the game. So is does the health monitor beeping still get set off? Because I don't think it does or it didn't in halo reach it doesn't um basically the kind of the strategy i've always gone with is always assume your shields are down so if you get a chance melee an enemy to get your health back there is another way to mail or uh, get your health back as well um if you're in a mission like reclaimer you can hijack a vehicle hijacking a vehicle also increases your health or brings it back to full shields um, if you melee the Lich, which is a new vehicle for Halo 4, that will also bring back your shields very similar to the uh, Scarabs in Halo 3 and Halo 3 ODST. So there are multiple ways to do it. The only real disadvantage in Halo 4 is you don't have anything like a regenerator or a health pack, which will also regenerate your health. So you have to strictly 
rely on either meleeing enemies or hijacking vehicles to get your health back. Okay. Very nice. Thank you for the introduction. We will move on to what the this episode is supposed to be about, which is Infinity. Awesome. Uh, as I said before, this is the fourth campaign mission, and this is right after you get uh you get out of the core of requiem so you're back on the surface of requiem Correct. you're still inside the the outer shell you're still within the dyson sphere or um no you hit no, it right not, on the money yeah so you're still there and if you remember from e3 this is the opening cutscene that we all saw when they did the campaign demo so you see infinity coming through the clouds they're coming in to crash down and of course you have the didax ship pop up and it's like ooh Go go find this. <laughs> go go research this thing. So that's that cutscene. You guys have probably seen it over and over and over again. It's been in just about everywhere leading up to the game. So we're, we're going to go ahead and pass that. Um, we see Chief walking through the forest. And then we pop right into our first person view. And there isn't the fancy little animation as there was before uh, in the game. So they did kind of make a few changes. But the first thing that you come up on is a group of Covenant that are just standing around and you are... No, actually it's Prometheans. That is correct. It's Promethean knights that are just standing there kind of observing this body on the ground and then they teleport away and there's an IFF tag that you have to go and uh, pick up, see who it is and it's uh, Hollow J. Jimenez. Nice, <laughs> nice Mexican influence in there. Way to go, 343. You got your cultural <laughs> diversity. <laughs> So, Gotta love how far humanity's come in the year 2553. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> At least we've all managed to come together and, and, and bond in a certain way. We have. I love that. So that's that's all fine and dandy, I think. Yes? Absolutely. I am totally game for that. Thank you, 343, for inspiring our future. <laughs> <laughs> so as we move on, we uh, just walk through the forest, and I would at least take sometime as you're just starting out, just kind of look around, look at the infinity, look at all the jungle area. Just take a moment to take in how beautiful this game is. It's gorgeous. Because it's uh, the first time we've seen a jungle scene like that since uh, Sierra 117. And this is, I would say, 10 times more beautiful than that. 343 did an excellent job with the graphics. Yeah, they. it's wow. <laughs> Pushing the technology on the Xbox 360 as it currently stands and putting a game out like this, that speaks wonders in a lot of different areas. Granted, they kind of did skimp on a few others, but those that that's for another show. <laughs> We've kind of discussed that already, but there there's still more discussion to go on, and, and there will be discussions probably all the way up until Halo 5 gets released. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, back to the campaign. As you walk through the jungle, you'll be going over branches, through creeks, through meadows, and all that good stuff. Your first group of enemies you come up on is a group of crawlers that are just kind of walking around on the branches. So you can pop all of them in the head, pull out your magnum, or whatever you have. Is, I think it's a BR that you start with. Uh, magnum. What's the primary? Magnum's your secondary. Uh, magnum and uh, AR is what you start out with, but you can oh, grab a okay. DMR from the bodies that the knights are observing. Ah, that's right. Okay, so DMR. So you walk around, you just headshot all the crawlers, and then in the first area of enemies that you fight, there's going to be one knight that comes up. So if you're 
playing on heroic or anything unless it's pretty easy to take out. Legendary is not too bad e- either. Um, just make sure you can use some of the trees and the branches to uh, have some cover when you're shooting them and if you need to dive back into anything. So walk around a little bit more. You come up on another section and there's some more weapon options that you can pick up. I think there's an assault rifle and a shotgun that you can pick up if you want. There is. And there will be a watcher that's floating around and he'll go over to an area and start to spawn up crawlers. If you can shoot him out quickly, then you can prevent those extra crawlers from spawning. And then there's a binary crawler that will get you if you're not careful. Oh, God, I hate that guy. (laughs) He reminds me of the jackal snipers in Halo 2. I mean, those guys were magically accurate. They did make binary crawlers and, for that matter, binary knights, although that's a little bit, you know, sketchy. A little bit more fair just for the fact that they take a second to charge their binary rifles. But if their rifles hit you, no matter where they hit you, just like in Halo 2, it is a one-shot kill. You're so toast. you have to know exactly where they are in the campaign in order to take them out. Right. Luckily, they're only in the first two checkpoints, but that, those are probably the two most difficult parts in my opinion. There's actually one in the uh, holdout area, too, and he's oh, very really? difficult to spot. A lot of times the Marines take him out before you do, Ah, okay. but sometimes they don't. We'll get to that a little later. Absolutely. But the binary crawler that is the one that you really want to look out for here is right in the area where you get the shotgun, where you can pick up those other weapons. There's, If you look to your very right, like you can actually stay within the area and go up to the wall that's on the left-hand side. If you go there and look all the way to the right, you'll see kind of a pathway that goes up somewhere. The crawler will be sitting right there. And if you guys have played the campaign and if, you're, if you've looked and paid attention... You can see that when they're charging, they have this kind of circular thing that comes around them. Yep. So it's not like when when you have it out and you have this uh, beam that's shooting out of your eyes. <laughs> you, uh, like, uh, what's the X-Men guy? Uh, Cyclops. Yeah, like Cyclops. But they have a little kind of charging sphere similar to the ones that are on the turret. Uh, so you can see if, if they're charging up for a shot at you. It's a time to duck back or shoot them in the head before you before they get you if they're a crawler. Grant, if they're a knight, then you may want to pray for your life. Yeah, pretty much. Now I should say that once you take out this crawler, which should be your top priority, as Dustin mentioned, you should grab his binary rifle because it will definitely come in handy for the Promethean knights that you have to fight later. Right. And those things are a pain on legendary. Yeah. Oh my God, they are so overpowered. What the hell? Yeah, they're they're not. They're not pleasant to deal with. They're like a combination of the elites and the brutes from Halo 2. And I mean that in the fact that they have shields like elites that also recharge. But in Halo 2, it took multiple headshots to kill a brute. So they've got the shields of an elite, but the multiple headshots of a brute from Halo 2. And that's just wrong. Well, the the headshots in here, it's like if they have their mask closed, it's not technically a headshot. No, but it is. But if they're open, then it's a headshot. Which is kind of similar to the Bruce's if they have their little metal thing on their crown or whatever. Yeah, their little uh, helmets. Yeah, if they have those on, the headshots don't count. But once you pop that off, you can pop them in the head once and then it's a headshot. But Easily. Yeah. But what makes they're it pain. worse is they, ha- they have those advantages. But they also have one-shot weapons like such as the binary rifle, which you mentioned. And scatter later shot. on in the game, incineration cannons. And scatter shot too. And the scatter shot. The scatter shots aren't so bad, 
but the binary rifle can take you out from half the map away. And not to mention they can teleport. They have so many armor abilities that it's not even funny. It's just and then do they're the a phase. great idea. The Prometheans are a great idea, but the way they set them up, they're just way too overpowered right now. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's tough. This is what makes it easy. One of the toughest missing, one of the toughest missions in the game. Oh, I feel you. And as I was telling you pre-show, I, I was trying to do one of the weekly challenges for the campaign, and it was to do a certain skulls on. I think it was like thunderstorm, till mythic. Oh Jesus! Um, famine and something Tilt else. Mythic alone will make it a challenge. Yeah, it was crazy, but it was those skulls. It's, it's the typical five for your weekly challenges for the campaign. It's those, and it's on legendary, of course. Right. And of course, I'm fighting knights, but the part where it's rally point bravo, which we'll get to in a bit. It's just like, how do you take those things out? There, There is an easy way that one of my colleagues, Ara Soldier 313, um, found. And if you use the catch skull, you can catch them in the animation and rush them. And as you do, you can get up behind them very easily for a very quick and simple assassination. Now, this does take a fair amount of practice. But once you nail it, the knights become a piece of cake. I'm just worried about the other knights that are shooting at you while you're trying to do this. <laughs> well, fortunately, that's one of the places that Infinity shines over a mission such as Midnight, where there's knights everywhere. Um, in Infinity, typically when you encounter a knight, you're only encountering one or two at a time, um, minus the holdout section. Uh, so, yeah. for example, the first few sections that you're talking about, uh, while they're doing their grenade launch, you can easily get up behind them. Their grenades are very easy to dodge. And when you do that, you can easily get up behind them, land that assassination, and the night is history. So when you right. do those challenges, make sure you include the catch skull. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I'll have to use that in the future. Absolutely. In fact, you can check it out on my Midnight 1.5 video. Nice little plug. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so as we move through throughout the rest of the campaign, we come up on another armor ability. That just happens to fall on the ground. There's actually a knight there, but if you're slow, you'll actually just see the remnants of a knight. You know, the little kind of sparkly thing where... They light up like Christmas every time. (laughs) (laughs) The the little flashy lightning thing, whatever you want to call it, when the watchers can come by and revive them. Uh, You'll see that, and then there will be a a waypoint that Cortana puts out. It's like, wait, what that thing drop over there? So you go pick it up, and of course, it's Promethean Vision. And she goes into this whole thing is like, oh, this is how they've been seeing through the fog and blah, 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 Which blah, is blah, basically blah. thermal vision, like Predator. Yeah. So it makes at least the next part a lot easier to deal with because th- they specifically made this where it's really, really dense fog and you can barely see anything. And worst of all, you have uh, binary crawlers all Three over of the them. place in the next area. Three of them. Three of them, yes. Um, luckily, when I was doing my run through, I picked them all off just one shot of it. Uh, just one shot each, and I took them out easy. Those are easy to take out because those are just headshots. Right, and you have the advantage of, again, Promethean Vision, and at that point, you also have the option to use the binary rifle that you picked up from the previous crawler. Right. But you don't even need to use that. You can just use a Magnum to take those out. Easily. Yeah. So, a good thing to point out here, I guess, while we're kind of on the topic is, whenever you're going through this, use something like a Magnum or a a weaker weapon on the crawlers 
and save your more powerful ammunition for the knights and the watchers. Dustin could not be more right. In fact, a lot of the Promethean crawlers drop a, a weapon called the Bolt Shot, which may not seem that powerful, but the Bolt Shot is actually very effective against Promethean crawlers. And best of all, each time you kill a crawler, you have more ammo for that weapon. Although the weapon clip isn't too big. And it's the accuracy, not. It's about the size of a magnum. But uh, the accuracy as long isn't as you don't great. use the uh, overcharge, you're in pretty good shape. Right. And the overcharge doesn't work against the Promethean Knights. That's another thing. I, I, the overcharge I just, is completely useless. Yeah. The Scattershot is, is better if you're fighting against the Promethean Knights. The Scattershot is a priceless weapon in campaign, especially against Knights. Yeah. I will say that's probably one of the weapons that you will want to go for while you're going through the campaign is just having one of those in your back pockets when you're fighting against um, knights or any kind of Promethean enemy throughout the campaign is one of those things that you just really need to look at doing whenever you find one and pick it, just picking it up and keeping it, keeping it available to you. Dust Storm could not be more right. You know, if you get the Promethean knights at a extremely close range, you can potentially take them out of one shot. If you want to be in a safe range where they cannot strike you with their, uh, I guess, sword or whatever it is on their arm, Blade you can or take them out in only two shots. So the scatter shot is an excellent weapon. In fact, again, not to uh, advertise myself too much, but if you look at my uh, Midnight Legendary video, uh, even though I use the Tilt Skull, I use the scatter shot quite a bit on Tower 2 against the Promethean Knights where there's an abundancy of them, and it's extremely effective. So to Dustin's point... Uh, yes, it is a great weapon to have, and if you find it, it's a great secondary weapon. Agreed. So, moving through the dense, foggy part, to definitely take out as many crawlers as you can, and then focus on the knights. Um, they will spawn up the little auto turrets, the auto sentries. You probably don't have to worry about those as much as you think. They'll, they'll peg you, but if you just focus on taking out the knights, you'll usually have time to to duck by if, if your shields are getting weak and then their shields will probably be close to gone if not already gone and you can watch your radar if you're um, doing heroic and you can see or any difficulty really and you can see when those things will pop and then you can peer back over or if you manage to take out the knight before the uh, before he takes you out then that other sentry automatically disappears Exactly. In fact, uh, there's a benefit to actually having them uh, have auto turrets. Once you take out that uh, last night with the auto turret before the fog, fog clears, you can pick up that auto turret and use it for yourself later. Yeah, and for I've watched, uh, I actually watched Naked Eli's guide just because it was ready, readily at hand. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, it's okay. He has a segmented run, by the way, which I yes, love he does. watching Eli's videos. They're extremely entertaining, but by the way, he does segmented runs, which means he has died an untold number of times to get through the mission. But I will say that I enjoy watching his videos quite a bit. Yes. Uh, not to say that your videos aren't good either. My videos are His videos awesome. are actually like the true, the true, if you want to do this right, this is how you do it videos. This is for the hardcore. This is serious people. Basically, the reason why I do my missions uh, single segment is to prove that my strategies work. Because if they're segmented, that means you can basically throw yourself an infinite number of times at the enemy and eventually survive. You can you know, pull off all sorts of tricks. But if you go through single segment, that means that the strategies work 
maybe not necessarily every time, but I'd say about 95% of the time. Yeah, okay. I agree with that. Oops, that was my keys. Um, <laughs> but yes, as, as, to, to your point, as you're going through the rest of the fog, as you're ascending out of the, the dense marsh or whatever you want to call that down there, Definitely pick up one of those auto sentries because it w- it will be useful later. Uh, you'll you'll make your way back up, then you come to another section which I kind of really despise. Although there is some shortcuts around that, <laughs> um, but if you're going through it like most every other person, there are, there's another binary rifle crawler up on one of the uh, tree th- branches. I think it's like the second one back. So as you enter the area, you'll actually have an area on the left that has some frag grenades and some ammunition ammunition that you can pick up. And then if you go to the right, which is actually where you're supposed to go, you'll see more tree-like structures. You'll see some knights in the distance. And there's actually one binary crawler up on one of the top parts, I think, of like the second tree that's out there. Yes. So make sure you take care of him quickly. And now, typically your marines actually do that for you. But yes, definitely keep your eye on him because sometimes your marines don't quite make it. And again, binary rifle on Legendary does kill you in one hit, although I will put this little tip out there. If you're playing with Tilt and Mythic, as Dustin was doing for the challenge, you can actually survive a single binary round as long as you have full shields. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so it is possible, but yes, to Dustin's point, uh, in the holdout area, which I believe is what he's talking about right now, there is one binary crawler on that branch that basically reaches across that area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so make sure you take him out quickly. Um, I need to backtrack for a second, and actually from your transition point to out of the foggy marsh area up to this point, there is another IFF tech that you have to go pick up. That is correct. So, forgot about that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's there, you can't miss it, but just, just a quick point out. Now, you should have plenty of DMR ammo when you uh, exit that little cutscene, because right before then, there is a uh, DMR crate. And actually, if you get the DMR ammo, then activate the little cutscene, or not the cutscene itself, but the little uh, remote trigger that says we have uh, friendlies nearby and whatever, it actually spawns more DMR ammo. So you can go into the next area with full DMR. Oh, if nice. If you want to, in the next area, there are two knights that initially spawn, and you can take them out from a distance with a DMR. You don't have to worry about the catch skull or anything which makes it very, very easy. You don't have to worry about that grenade assassination or anything like that. Well, when you're going up, well, when you're doing it on Mythic with all those skulls on, it's, it's hard to take them out with just a DMR. It, You know, and you're exactly right. So this is just for the legendary folks. So if you're doing it with yeah. Mythic and Tolton, yeah, you'll still need to master that grenade assassination. And the best part about that Mythic, or, uh, Grenade assassination is if you are playing on Mythic, which includes the Black Eye Skull, um, when you get that assassination, you recharge your shields in full. One of the benefits of playing with Black Eye is as soon as you melee an enemy, your shields recharge instantly. I've actually gotten to the bad habit of trying to melee elites because they're easier to kill in Halo 4 than in Reach. Um, so if you're doing a little dance around the elites and you just keep hitting them and hitting them and hitting them, your shields recharge every single time you hit the elite, whether you've killed them or not, as opposed to Halo 2. So you can basically do the same thing with knights. The difference is with knights, um, as opposed, or basically as it pertains to infinity, is a knight's 
have a very strong melee attack with their uh, sword. I believe it's on their uh, left or right hand. I it's on their left, and it, yeah, that blade is a pain. Oh my god! See, that's and that's what I love about the night assassinations is you rip that blade yeah, off, that, just stab it right into them. I I couldn't agree with you more. Though that's one of the most satisfying assassination animations <laughs> in the game. It's just cause I did it twice last night during a Spartan Ops run through. Nice. Backing them up, ripping the arm off, and then just shoving it right into them is just oh, and so they just satisfying. Vaporize. <laughs> yes. So that yeah, <laughs> so good. It feels very good to assassinate a knight, especially if it's a battle wagon or a commander. I don't know what specifically those are yet. Oh well, allow me to uh, look into the lore that specific. I just know there's a knight. I know like they have the different classes based on their weapon. I just don't know what the classes are specifically called. It's not even based on the weapon, and I found that out the hard way. Um, there are three classes of knights. There's the regular knight, and typically they have uh, light rifles and scatter shots, which you'll see plenty of them in the Mission Infinity, since that's what our main subject is. Um, the battle wagons almost always, in fact, I'm pretty sure always, have scatter shots. And you can tell because they have spikes on their back, and there's sort of a, a little bit of electricity surging through their spikes. They're also black. Um, the commanders, which only appear in the mission, as far as I know, Midnight, and I'm sure in many episodes of Spartan Ops, um, actually their backs are on fire. Now, typically they're associated with having incineration cannons, but the yeah, final the, yeah. knights that you fight on Midnight are, believe it or not, commanders, and they have light rifles. And I found that out the hard way. And the way you can tell is the incineration cannon takes out both battle wagons and regular knights in a single hit. But commanders take at least two. Okay. Alrighty then. What about <laughs> the uh, insect-looking ones? Oh, they all look like they're insect-looking. Well, the, the more insect-y looking one, the one that's kind of tinted green. Um, are you talking about the ones that sort of buzz a little bit and then spawn watchers? Uh, well, that's one of the classes, but then there's another one that's, that's more, it, it's more bug-like. Usually, I think the more bug-like ones, at least in my opinion, are the, uh, just the regular Lancers. Those are the ones that typically wield light rifles or suppressors. No, it's, it's not Lancer. It, it's, it's definitely a different one. It is? Yeah. There are only four I encountered that I'm aware it in Spart of. There's the, uh, Lancer, the Battle Wagon, the Commander, and then the, uh, Binary Rifle Knights. Now, fortunately, the Binary Rifle Knights only appear in two missions. Infinity, again, which is our mission right now, is one of them. Um, the other one is Midnight. Midnight, yep. No, no, I'm sorry. The The other mission is uh, Forerunner, not Infinity. Um, and Midnight, there are at least two that appear. So that could be the one you're referring to. Okay. Well, there's there was one in Spartan Ops last night that I was playing, and maybe they just added it for Spartan Ops specifically. So I could be getting that, that mixed might. up. Which episode were you playing? Seven. Seven? God, I can't wait to play that. I'm only on episode two right now. You should listen to our uh, podcast that we've been doing with Halo Fan for Life on. I have to take a look Spartan at Ops. that. It might give me a little bit of prep work. Right now I've been going to, in each and every uh, chapter of Spartan Ops, completely blind on Legendary just to see how I play out. So I have something to send you after the show. Uh, yes, something that I've been working do. on. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll do that. Yeah, after the show, because I think you'll get, I think you'll appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I could definitely use a pair of eyes on it as well. 
No, I'd be happy to. Uh, so moving on, after you clean up the knights in, in that holdoff area, you actually go up some more branches, like a kind of a spiral S-curve type thing, and then you get to another IFF tag and w- where the crates. And I think this is what you were actually mentioning earlier. And then you have the friendly icons that come up uh, behind the door. Yes. So you uh, get those guys out and you enter the first, well, the second cutscene, really. And Lasky meets Chief and uh, Captain Del Rio is, is pretty much calling everyone back to Infinity at that point. And so uh, at, uh, after this point, do you want to go into the cutscene at all? I don't know how much into the, the lore-specific stuff. No, it's just a really handsome guy talking to the Chief and then a really hot Spartan saying, hey, I think you're cute. And I'm like, hey, I think you're cute too. Oh, wait, this is a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we do see uh, Spartan Sarah Palmer in here. So she is uh, part of the campaign, and uh, they pretty much push out from there. After the cutscene, this is important. If you're going for terminals, your third terminal is right at that rally point. So rally point Bravo. Before you head down the ramp to the door, immediately look to your right, and you'll see the terminal. I hope I didn't just ruin that for you. <laughs> no, I haven't found any of the terminals yet, to be honest with you. Okay. That, that's kind of one of the things that we're doing on here is, is pointing out terminals. So definitely, as you exit that cutscene, before you go to the door, immediately turn to your right, and that is where the terminal is. game has been out for almost three months, so I'm perfectly uh, okay with spoilers. Okay. Okay. Just, just checking. <laughs> so, of course, after that, or if you don't do that, go down the ramp. Exit the door, and then you're open up to another area where there's crawlers. Thankfully, no binary rifle crawlers, so you don't have to worry oh, about God, that. Yes, uh, there is a knight that's under this tree-like thing. Like there's roots coming from about four or five different spots on the ground, and they're kind of going up and merging into this one thing. So there's a knight all the way in the back over there. Take out the crawlers. There's some weapons there that you can pick up. There's uh, magnum ammo. There's DMR ammo. There's an assault rifle. Um, so pick up anything you need from there, grenades, and then push on through. If you uh, get the night out quickly, there's going to be, well, actually, depending on whether or not you get the night out at all, there's going <laughs> to be a second night that spawns in. So you will be fighting two nights. That, that's a little tricky sometimes because people will start running and trying to get that one night and then another one will immediately spawn in. So watch out for the second night as he comes in. Now also watch out, uh, because behind the second night, if you get too close, there's a watcher that spawns behind him. So if you take him out and then you rush the area, make sure you take out that watcher very quickly because he will resurrect the knight. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because that, that's something damn, that... I hate the watchers. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are a pain, especially <laughs> when they go around reviving the dead. That's Those when... pinwheels, the, those floating pinwheels are so goddamn overpowered. Jeez. Why would they do that? And well, the knights are overpowered to begin with. Bad, but when you play Spartan Ops, especially that third chapter in the first episode, wow, they spawn out of black holes out of nowhere. I mean, the knights are hard enough to deal with already. And then they have reinforcements, and they can spawn those reinforcements. Yeah, that's a little cheap. Yeah, it's extremely cheap. Yeah, not happy with that. No. Anyways. As you push up, you go through this kind of hairpin-style thing that ramp that you go up, and the second part that you come up is, is pretty simple. A, little f- a few more crawlers and one knight that spawns up on a rock, and he comes down. You can actually get, I mean, like you said before, you can get behind 
a lot of these knights, if you know where they spawn in, uh, backsmack them, do do a nice assassination on them easily. So if you if you can do that, definitely take advantage of that. Just take out the crawlers really quickly, and then get in position to assassinate the knight. Pretty simple. And when you go to your next area, this is the painful part of this mission. This is the place where you are going to be cursing if you're on legendary and you get caught in a in a bind, especially when you don't have marine support. <laughs> The, so, you're talking about the holdout area, and just a, a typical yes. out there, the holdout area has three distinct waves that spawn after you actually get to the turret. Now, there are three knights that initially spawn. Again, you want to take the turret on the far, if you're looking at the door, the far left-hand side closest to you. That is the safest place to be. And for the most part, you can easily take out everything from that turret, again, if you lose your shields, there's an easy fallback point right behind you. If you're loaded up on DMR ammo, you can take out any crawlers that come up on the hill. Um, again, watch my legendary guide. It pretty much spells it out for you. But it's not that bad as long as you're prepared for it. All right. Well, the other thing to point out is if you're uh, doing this for the achievement, which I'll get to in a bit, is just making sure those initial few marines stay safe. Because yes. they are, they are being shot at as you get to the area, so definitely try to take out the crawlers and watchers that are shooting at the marines from a distance and kind of clear them out quickly, and then slowly push up to the the holdout area, taking out all the crawlers as you need to, and then focusing on the turrets and the knights that come in. There's a certain part where they won't spawn in until I think you get underneath that that hollow trunk. Area, yeah, like that's where the uh, binary crawler is. There's, there's not a binary crawler in here, is there? Believe it or not, there is. But like I said, the reason why most people don't notice it is because typically the Marines take him out first. Okay. But if they don't, yes, he will definitely get you. That was the one I was talking about earlier. Oh, okay. So you jumped ahead a little bit. I did jump ahead a little bit. Okay, that, that's, that's all right. So you can take out the watchers before they spawn the turrets, and if you're able to do that, there's definitely more power to you. Uh, it will be very helpful in the end. Uh, so push on up, and I guess I'll go ahead and address this now, but there's an, the, the mission-specific achievement for this one is called Broads to the Close. It's for 20 gamer score, and you have to complete mission four without one preventable marine death on Heroku Harder. Now, the Ouch. part the part it's talking about is this part right here, this holdout part. So from Rally Point Bravo on to uh, after this holdout part is what they're talking about. Now, there is a funny glitch with this achievement. You have to actually do it from the beginning of the level. You can't start at Rally Point Bravo and go through and do the achievement, or at least I couldn't. I had to start from the very, very beginning of the level and then go through up until this point. So, something to note when you're doing the achievement. That's and, a pretty tough achievement, too. Yeah. So, there are six Marines. If you do not have six Marines, by the time you get to the holdout door and you actually have to do it, you'll want to go ahead and restart the mission, just so you don't have to worry about having to uh, hold out against all the Prometheans that are coming. Because there's going to be a lot. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but at the very end... Make sure you have six Marines. If you don't have six Marines alive, that means you didn't complete the achievement. Because after this after this holdout part, 
it doesn't matter. You get the achievement about about halfway down to the section after the holdout part. But if you're going right. for the achievement, make sure you have six. Six is the magic number here. Just pointing that out. I said I'll six have enough. I remember that myself. If I go for the achievement, I've said six enough. Let's move on. <laughs> so as you make your way up, you plug Cortana into the door, and she just said, "Hold, hold off the Prometheans as as I open the door." If you're doing this on co-op, it's going to be a breeze, even on legendary, because you just have so much firepower. Um, the crawlers are going to be really easy to take out. You just headshot those guys. The knights, the, the first ones that spawn in are very predictable. The ones afterwards are a little bit tougher to deal with, um, but it's pretty pretty easy to take them down if you're doing it on co-op. or in, And if, if you've managed to save marines... They will actually go around and get on the turrets, which are lifesavers. Those turrets have probably are one of the best things for this area. Um, if you're doing it on legendary solo, those are even very useful to use just on the the first few knights and crawlers because they can probably take them out without you having to get off the turret too many times. And that first way will pretty pretty much be a cinch. I couldn't agree more. Um, just little note: if you see any crawlers assaulting the marines. What will happen is the Marines will jump off the turrets. So you want to concentrate your fire on them if you want to keep the Marines on those turrets. Because the Marines will, most of the time, if you can take out the crawlers, they'll be shooting the knights, which are the the big baddies that you want to make sure you take out as with as much fire power as you can. Yes. So you want to have the Marines focus on them. So you want to take out the crawlers as they come up. And you can... Get most of the crawlers because there's a good chunk of them. I want to say at least maybe 60-70% of them that are actually running all the way back down from where you came from. So you can actually, if you position yourself, if you're looking away from the door, there's two turrets on the right, one in front of you on the left. If you go over to the right, in the middle of the two turrets, you have a perfect line of sight down this kind of alley that they're going to be coming up. And you can just headshot them all day and you're chewing through crawlers and they're not even going to be a problem for you. No. You do have to watch out for watchers. A few watchers will actually come and fly in, and if some knights stay alive for too long, they'll actually spawn watchers out of their back. Yes, they will. So if you see one of those, take them out as quickly, too. Knights are kind of a low priority when it comes to whenever you have a mix of Prometheans. You want to take out the crawlers because they're essentially like grunts. They're just kind of that extra They actually remind me a lot of the Flood. Like which... Which Basically, ones? Because there's a huge mass of them, and they just keep coming at you in waves and waves, and their goal... I mean, they do have firepower, but they just charge you. Well, you couldn't exactly headshot Flood. You could. Um, unless it was the human Halo variant. Was the only one that you really couldn't. Halo 2, 3, and OD... Or, no, I'm sorry, not ODSD. Um, if you shot their chest cavity, it counted as a headshot. Really? And it went down in one hit. Hmm... As long okay. as the flood uh, combat form was unshielded. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't even really notice that to begin with. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Alrighty. So, I I compare them to grunts just because they're they're more of an annoyance, and you can just headshot them and and they're gone. Granted, they move faster than grunts, and they can actually they're a little more intimidating, but. And they have sniper weapons. Yeah, some of them have sniper weapons too. So I would, whenever you're fighting against these guys, definitely at least, I mean, come back, correct me if you think this is otherwise, but I would focus on crawlers first, watchers second, and then knights third. 
typically I focus on uh, watchers first, just because they can only they can also the the, the watches are funny, and that they can not only spawn in more crawlers, but they can also resurrect knights. So if you take out the crawlers first, or the uh, I'm sorry, the watchers first, you can guarantee that you're not going to get any more crawlers, and if you take out the knights then they're not going to get resurrected. So I would take out the Watchers first, and not to mention they fly around, so they're kind of easy to hit. Um, the Crawler second, and then once all those are gone, you can close in on the night. And so as I was talking about earlier with that grenade assassination, if you have nothing else you know, pinning on you, it's a lot easier to land that. Okay. Because there are a lot of times when they ran out of ammunition. Yeah, yeah. That and I was going back to too, those refills <laughs> of, of Railgun and DMR. <laughs> and also, don't forget in Infinity, particularly in that holdout section, if you don't take out the Watchers first, they spawn those uh, auto turrets, which shoot those long, you know, beams of uh, power at you. Yeah, the yeah the big giant turrets. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, that's only the part before the actual holdout sequence. They don't come and spawn them afterwards. Yes. So, that's good. Moving on, after the holdout part, if you manage to get past it, which I think, in my opinion, that's the hardest part of this mission, is that is. is that part right there. Because I spent two hours on it it's two nights ago. It's not easy. Tell and I'm that. like, nope, nope, screw this. <laughs> Granted, I didn't know about the catch grenade trick, so, oh well. Neither did I at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on, after Cortana opens the door, you'll run through over to a landing zone where... Um, a pelican is going to be able to come by and pick you up to take you back to infinity. There's a knight standing at pretty much at the entrance. You can go up and assassinate him. And then there's a mix of Promethean and Covenant in the area. <clears throat> Headshot the grunts and the, and the jackals. Those are going to be pretty easy. There's a few crawlers. There's Promethean knights that are all the way in the back. Some of them will come up and slice you to pieces. I've had that happen <laughs> yes, quite a few times. There's a railgun in there as well, so if you actually take the railgun from the holdout area and then take it in with you, railguns don't They're seem as effective, against, but uh, they knights. Yeah, um, they basically just... sort of work like plasma pistols. One shot will remove their shields. So if you have a headshot weapon like a DMR or a light rifle, after you shoot them with a railgun, and that can be tough, by the way. Um, I love the railgun. It's my favorite weapon in the game. It's a great weapon. I love the railgun. Have tested. <laughs> Um, once you actually nail them once with the railgun, you can follow up with a couple of headshots. So I typically do, um, as Dustin said, bring a DMR, a full DMR, by the way, and a full railgun to the section that we're talking about now. Right. That's going to be your best bet of getting through that. Absolutely. And there is a ledge up on the right side, like right as you get into there, where you can, uh, Get a little bit better vantage point, and you can actually circle circle around to the right-hand side. There's a little tunnel that goes back there. So you can kind of go back and forth if you're having a, a hard time and kind of kind of trick them of where you're going. So you There kinda... is, and by the way, I would say that for last just because there was a jackal marksman up there with a carbine. So if you feel like you're running low on ammo, you can kill him last, take his carbine, and continue with the headshots. Yeah, that's a good point. There's also... I, I don't know how what you or how you feel about this, but I find the Needler is actually pretty effective against the Knights as well. Granted, you have to the put The Needler little... is a power weapon in Halo 4. I love it. In fact, uh, if you've seen my uh, Composer Legendary run, um, you know, in prior Halo games, I would always use the plasma pistol and a headshot weapon like the pistol or the DMR or the battle rifle. But in Halo 4, 
the needler is so powerful that you'd be a fool not to use it. So if it's a it, if it's available to you, by all means, use that over the plasma pistol. Well, I believe there's already one that's kind of in that pit in the area there. And if not, there there's there's I believe one of the jackals or grunts that are actually in there when you first get in get in the area, they have a needler too. They do. So if you take if that knight either if you either A assassinate him or B he teleports away, which is typically the case. If you assess if you kill those grunts and jackals right away, you can easily get one of those needlers. And for any grunt or uh, I'm sorry, for Methian knights that teleport to you, just pump them full of the needles. Unload, and it works like a charm. Unload. <laughs> Remember, it takes about, I believe, eight shots to uh, do a super combine. Yeah, I don't exactly know what the count is because I think yeah, it's I a little bit different. Either. In, I just pump them in. I think it's a little bit different in war games. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different in war games. <laughs> um, but if if you hold down the trigger for the needler, it'll it'll go off twice at least. If you if you connect most of your shots, it'll super yes. combine at least twice. It won't take any more than two super combines to kill any enemy. Right, right. And that's mainly just for the elites and the knights. You can get the everything else with pretty much one super combine. You're exactly right. Uh, basically, save the needler for elites and knights. Um, even though you won't, unfortunately, have that option uh, for the knights very often. Uh, but it, it will be there for the uh, elites. So again, for the knights, as Dustin was referring to earlier, the scattershot's a great weapon. Um, and in this particular case in Infinity, since the needler can be sort of hard to get since you have to sort of venture out in that area a little bit, the railgun is an awesome option. Yeah, I love the railgun. <laughs> absolutely love the railgun it's an excellent weapon I love it alright after you kill everyone there you get the phantom that comes in picks you up and takes you to infinity or at least close to infinity I'm sorry pelican <laughs> I was like, I've been, I've master been, chief's a traitor so I've been writing a spartan ops document and this is the thing I'm going to show you later so I, I've been going through and there's actually been points where I've swapped phantom for pelican and it's like oh crap <laughs> so they both start with P's and they're both the same kind of ship so I get them verbally no, mixed you, up sometimes right. <laughs> I've actually done it myself a few times in my guides oh that's that's yeah that's kind of yeah, I know. Like, oh well, I'm sorry mind, I usually drink when I'm doing my guides as well because I do them all live so hmm I see hmm. well it helps you play better I mean you can't deny it <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent there is Balmer's Peak yeah, this is true. <laughs> there is Bomber's Peak. Uh, anyways, you go into your next area, and Cortana's like, show them how it's done. Show them how a real Spartan is able to take out all the Covenant. So you get your first chance in a tank. This is your tank yes. run. Were you, you were going to say something? No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. Okay. So this is this is the, the tank run. This is going to be, oh, so much fun. Oh, yes. So hop in the, hop in the Scorpion drive along and you're basically going through just these this mass of covenant there's going to be ghosts there's going to be wraiths there's going to be sniper towers and you're just going to have a ball this is you this know is just... i actually had a lot of trouble getting aboard the tank uh just because of that wraith um so what i found is if you take care of those uh initial grunts and jackals first the ones who would typically overcharge you uh-huh the, it Granted, you have to be fast about it, but if you can do that, then jump in the tank, you have a much better chance of surviving. So Yeah, I just 
I mean, I just kind of run for the tank, and if someone's, if yeah, I take out a few enemies, and then I just make a mad dash for the tank. That's the way to do it. Um, and then of course, just take out the enemies as you go. There's not a wraith that spawns there at the beginning. There is. The There's a wraith that uh, emerges from the uh, tunnel. Yeah, and but he just I mean, starts you have... shelling you, and I've been so unlucky on my uh, no deaths legendary runs. That it only takes one hit from the wraith to kill my scorpion. I th- I thought you had some time before it actually decided to come around the corner. You do, but not very much. You basically have enough time to take out a couple of enemies, then jump in the scorpion, and then drive to one of the sides as fast as you can just to get some cover. Okay, all right. So as after you take out that wraith, you're gonna go around some corners. You're gonna be weaving in and out of areas. You'll come up on covenant that are walking by. You'll come up on a couple of sniper towers. Um, gonna kind of jump ahead here a little bit, Go and ahead. uh, once you get to uh a good clear opening, about four or five sniper towers later, you come up on another wraith. Uh, definitely as soon as you see the sniper towers, take out the sniper towers because I think a good portion of them have fuel rod grunts. Oh yes, <laughs> and and then there's there's ghosts around, so. I would definitely focus on taking out ghosts uh, personally because they, they, they'll just pepper you all day. Yes, they um, will. The wraith you can typically dodge because you can see them just coming off in the distance. So you can predict. As long as you keep your distance with the wraiths, yes, you can very easily dodge them. Yeah, so uh, make sure you dodge those as, as much as you can and, and focus on the ghosts and then focus on the infantry last because they're they're going to be the least of your problems. It's it's the big guns that you really want to worry about. And of course, if you see a fuel rod grunt or or something equivalent, definitely take that out as soon as possible. Yes. Uh, as you go around after the the wraith encounter, there you'll go through another area, and then another wraith will come up on you. Uh, and there are ghosts along the way, so I'm not pointing out the ghosts because they're just kind of scattered everywhere. Um, but after going through another kind of long stretch and you see more debris of infinity, you're going to have another sniper tower and another wraith, take those out from a distance and you'll be okay. And then you can uh, keep on traveling through, there'll be another sniper tower. And then you pretty much get to this big, uh, battle area where there's just a lot of covenant, just kind of stay back, shoot them all off. Some of them you can just probably just drive right through and you'll just run them over and all, all the infantry stuff in in this uh, kind of Rally Point Charlie area. I think there's four Rally Points on here. So this is Rally Point Charlie. Just You can drive past a good chunk of them. You don't have to kill every enemy here. So that is something to, to note. Yes. Uh, as you drive through, you finally get to a loading dock elevator that you can go up. Just take your tank up. You can drive in. They'll close the doors and they'll take the tank up with you. And for a good reason, because when you get up there, you're going to have hunters. Oh, yeah. So you will want to, and and even on Legendary, this is, is a pain because you have very little wiggle room. So when those hunters shoot at you, there's a higher chance they're going to hit you. So focus on the hunters first. Just and get there some are also sh- uh, fuel rod grunts up there, too. Yeah. Um. They're not quite as big of a threat though, because let's face it, you are a scorpion tank. It's one hit kill. Right. I would I would worry a little bit more about the hunters. Absolutely. Um, if the grunts become too much of an issue, I mean, take a shot at them. 
you'll probably get some splash <laughs> damage and, and get some other enemies out, but quickly go back to the hunters because they will they will be a pain for you. Yes, they will. And then after a little while, you'll, you'll drive around a little bit more, take out all the, the enemy covenant, and then you get to move on to the next area where you get to drive a mantis. Yes. So first time in the game where we get to drive the new mechanical or the new Halo's mech. Halo's first mech. Indeed. So what do you think of the mech? I'm not going to lie. I'm very impressed with it. Um, you know, I always wondered how a mech would play out in Halo. Uh, at first, when I saw the preview for the mech before Halo 4 came out, I thought it would be extremely overpowered. But, of course, the Scorpion could take it out pretty easily. Um, but no, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed the Infinities uh, run-through of the mech, except for the last section, which, of course, we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I wasn't a huge fan of the composer part. It just seems like you're stuck in one area, just firing everything you have, going Rambo-style. Yeah. And that hoping one, for the best. That one's an interesting one. Yeah. But I think it's an excellent addition to the Halo series. Um, I'm very excited to use it. I actually used it in one of my three games that I've actually played online. And the first thing that I wow, did you have was f- use the stop move and kill three of my teammates. Yeah, you have that few games that you can count how many board games ha- matches you have. <laughs> yeah, to the very... That just explains or shows you how very rare I play multiplayer. I'm just I'm so into campaign um, and the Spartan Ops that I just I very rarely set foot in the multiplayer. And of course, as soon as I did, I killed my own teammates by accident because I wasn't prepared to. Eh. But they knew it was me somehow. They were like, oh, we're just glad to have you. I was like, God, that feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So once you get in the Mantis, you have to blow the doors open. So this is kind of the mini tutorial of how to use the Mantis. You get to shoot the doors open that won't open for some reason. No. I'm guessing because the ship is disabled. Maybe. I mean, it's, it, it's not that disabled, I would think. Hey, but, who knows? You know, uh, who I'm knows? sure they just wrote it into the plot and said, here you go. You know, for how much the breather was, them being able to get out that quickly is still kind of a mystery to me. You know, I agree. I mean, I know Infinity's huge, and the amount of rubble that we did see is, is in perspective, somewhat minimal, but still. They all, you- all I can think of is just Infinity must be this just juggernaut spaceship that well, three can miles withstand long. so much damage, which is just phenomenal. I mean, it's got to be the size of a city. I keep thinking, in terms of Infinity, um, it's got to be the size of one of those ships from Independence Day. Hmm. So actually, I think there was a podcast I was listening to. I forget which one it is. Um, it was either Drunken Halo or Post Game Carnage Report. Where oh, I like the title of that podcast. Where they were doing a comparison between the Independence Day ships and then Covenant ships. There's actually not too many similarities. I mean. You know, Independence Day, they're all basically giant flying saucers, and in Halo, they're all big teardrops. In Independence Day, they have one primary weapon in the center. Um, in Halo, they didn't really get that primary weapon in the center until Halo Reach. Otherwise, it was at the front of the ship, which is personally where I think it belonged. Well, so the, the glassing part is just the one that's in the middle of the ship. Yeah. Like, the primary stuff is still, like, on... On the edges of the teardrop is where the, their primary firing mechanisms are. 
Right. So, yeah. And there there are some similarities, but like an Independence Day was basically a slow atomic bomb. You know, as soon as it detonated, you see this wall of fire just very slowly expand out through the city with Halo was just instant death. Yeah. I forget how big Halo is. That probably is a fact I should know. <laughs> Halo's big. <laughs> yeah, it is big. It is big. It better be. And that's um, what she said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> As you walk through the interior of Infinity, you'll come up upon many groups of Covenant and Prometheans. There's going to be some bridges that are going to be overhead as you're walking through. You can shoot those down, although I find that's kind of pointless because the the enemies that are up there most of the time aren't really going to affect you that much. I think you'd be surprised. Some of those enemies are fuel rod grunts. Well, so yeah, that was going to be my caveat was sometimes there's fuel rod grunts, but I find a good portion of the time they're still kind of just running around like, you know, the typical things that the, gr- the grunts do when they just run around. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's most of the time I see them just doing that. So you can concentrate a little bit more fire of what's directly in front of you. And there are a couple of places where some of those Promethean turrets have spawned. So you definitely want to make sure you keep an eye out for those. They don't do too much damage to the Mantis itself, but they will drain your shields really quickly. Oh, yeah. The Mantis has has an adequate amount of health, but combined with the fact that the shields are very easily taken out and it takes so long for them to regenerate. You definitely want to keep it at a steady pace as you're walking through these areas. Now you couldn't be more right. I mean, the mantis can take quite a bit of punishment, but if you don't, don't overestimate it, you know, if you get there and you're caught too much in the firepower, it, you will go down. Um, one way to tell is if your mantis starts burning, that's when you know you're in trouble. Right. At that point, you really got to be careful. Now, there's there's kind of two different stages of burning. There's there's one where it's like you're you're on fire in most of the places, but then there's another stage where it's like you're on fire and you're smoking. At oh, that yeah. point, that's when you're like, okay, you either need to be very very careful, or you need to get out and find another mantis immediately. And I actually haven't gone around to look if there's actual other mantises within the interior. I know there's two on the exterior when you get out there. That is correct. Okay. So I, I haven't had the I haven't taken the time to actually go and look around otherwise. I haven't explored that area quite as probably some other people have. <laughs> as far as I know, there's no other mantises uh in the initial trench run of the mantis, I guess if if that's what you want to call it. But as you said, when you get to the outdoor area where there's the Mac gun and the missile launchers there are two additional mantises that you can obtain. Right. Yeah. And those are off to the sides. Yes. Uh, once you, so I guess we'll go ahead and jump to that because the rest of it is just pretty much simple. You're walking through and you're killing everything in sight. Once you get outside, this is probably one of the, probably the second hardest part of this mission. Although it's, I don't find it as, as it's too difficult, but it can still slow you down and be somewhat painful. Oh, Yes. So as far as uh, strategy goes, what you want to do is uh, stay back and take out the two jammers that the Covenant have set up. You can just shoot those with the <laughs> with the machine gun, or you can take just unload your missiles at them, and they'll go down pretty quickly. Those those are the easy parts. It's the parts that come up afterwards that are the really really difficult parts. There is, and this is where I'm going to step in because go for it. 
believe it or not, uh, one way to make this uh, portion easier, there are three waves of Covenant that you have to worry about after you take out the Jammers. Now, if you advance forward to the frontward part of the platform, whether you're under the Mac gun or over there to the left, where there's a little bit more cover, you can actually skip one and a half waves of Covenant. The second wave will not spawn at all. It'll skip right to the third. And instead of two phantoms dropping for the third wave, it'll just be one. Hang on. So say that one more time, because I think I heard you, but I just want to make sure. Okay. Um, the first wave you can't avoid. And okay, that's Basically, that's fine. what you want to do is assault the front part of the platform, basically the closest part to the Didact ship. Okay. Now, once you've done that, the second wave of enemies will not spawn at all. Really? Really. You can actually watch my video on it. The second, it, Cortana basically skips her dialogue and goes right to the final bit. Um, the third wave of enemies will spawn, but instead of two phantoms dropping, it's just one. So you can skip one and a half ways by staying in the front. Now, in my video, I stay under the Mac gun. What I didn't realize at the time is that you don't have to stay under the Mac gun. RC Master inadvertently, and he didn't even realize this till I examined his video, um, did the same thing by going to the front of the platform and to the far left where there's actually a little bit more cover, so you're a little bit more safer. Um, so if you go over there, you've got more cover, and you still skip one and a half waves, which makes that part of the mission immensely easier. I did not know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm here today. Wow. All right. Interesting. I'll have to try that out at some point. Tyrant's Halo 4 Legendary Guide, Infinity. Alrighty then. So, after, if you decide to do all three, or if you manage to do the whole cut-through thing, which I'll have to try later, um, then you'll go back and you have to activate the Infinity Defenses, and that's just getting out and hitting a switch. It is, and I'm going to recommend that as soon as you hit that switch, jump back into your Mantis, because Banshees can still attack you. Yes, that is true. Um, at this point, depending on what difficulty you're on, hopefully you've grabbed another Mantis. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Completely agreed. Although I have seen people do it with one, it's not a bad idea. If you can rush another Mantis, do it. But wait till there's a lull in the battle. All right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So after everything's said and done, we have Infinity finally being able to take off. The Didact goes, flies away after he gets shot with the railgun a few times. Um, too much we haven't been able to see more of that railgun in use. That'd be pretty cool. Probably to I see agree. it in Spartan Ops, too. That'd be nice to see. <laughs> so as as the Didact flies off, we, we go back inside and we have... Everyone's kind of gathered around this central pedestal. Uh, Chief's there, Lasky's there, Cortana's on the display as well. Uh, Del Rio, who's captain of the Infinity, is is there as well. And we get into a scene where uh, Captain Del Rio is trying to figure out what the Knights are and, and where they came from. Um, basically saying that on the other installations or the other Forerunner-like places, they haven't encountered this kind of resistance before. Um, and then Chief is like, what other installations? <laughs> Lasky you know what comes bothers in. me? His name is Del Rio, but he doesn't look Hispanic at all on the least. Not really, no. <laughs> He's very Caucasian. Very much so. <laughs> um, Lasky butts in and says that they've discovered installations 5 and 3, and they've been doing research uh, since then. And then at that point, 
uh, Del Rio is basically, or actually, uh, Spartan Palmer comes in and says that uh, was it Gypsy Company or yes. something like that. Gypsy Company is ready to move out, and Chief kind of takes like, uh, "What exactly are you doing?" <laughs> Del Rio is like, "Well, we following protocol here. We gotta figure out a way to get out of uh, or get off of Requiem and." take an actual assessment of the situation and kind of come back later after we've made a full determination of what's going on and decide what we're going to do. So, and of course, Chief is like, well, look at the thing we've done. We've just dri- driven the die deck back. Are we really thinking about leaving now? And Dario's like, it's, it's protocol, dude. <laughs> we're, we're, we're leaving. So that pretty much wraps up this mission. Uh, I think we covered pretty much a lot of strategy, not as much story in here. As I think some of the other ones, there definitely are uh, tidbits of at least this last cutscene. That's that's the really big one. Uh, just kind of seeing the interaction of of Chief starting to kind of question uh, the UNSC and kind of look at the bigger picture, take on a bigger role more than just following orders. So this is going to be play a lot more into the campaign, especially in the next mission. Uh, at the end of that mission, we're going to see a huge shift in the chief's attitudes towards uh, following directions and orders. Yes, which is definitely a first for the Halo series. Yeah, it, I I do like the story for the campaign. I thought they did a fantastic job with it. I thought it was one of the most complex storylines in the Halo game to date. It's the only Halo game to ever make me cry. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember. <sighs> it's the ending that did it. Yeah, no, the very end of this one, I I definitely teared up as well. Um, there were certain parts of Halo Three where I kind of teared up too. Really? Yeah, seeing Johnson die was kind of one of those parts. Yeah, I was kind of ashamed to see him go. Yeah, and then at the very end when they were having Chief's funeral, I definitely cried during that. <laughs> I I did cry during that part. It's it's definitely I just seeing Cortana finally uh go was like really no well that's still yet to be seen yeah that's true I'm gonna be very interested to see if she returns in Halo Five she will <laughs> I'm pretty sure which is sad because you know that was such an, an iconic death for her yeah that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And we've already touched on it w- once in one of our podcasts, but that's definitely something else that we'll cover. Yes, and I and I cannot wait to hear that podcast. So, again, thank you to Mythic Tyrant for coming on and w- doing this walkthrough with us. Of course, you can find him over on YouTube. Uh, you want to plug all your, your social media stuff and websites real quick before we leave? Yes. Um, again, if you want to, you can follow me. <coughs> my main site is mythictyrant.com. Uh, where you can find all of my uh, single-segment legendary walkthroughs for Halo Anniversary, Halo 2, 3, ODST, Reach, and, of course, Halo 4. Um, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter, which is twitter.com backslash mythic tyrant. And, of course, uh, my Facebook page has an extremely long number attached to it. But if you go to mythictyrant.com, there is a link there. Um, so please follow. I will give you tips uh, every week for uh, Halo 4 and it is my pleasure. I am very happy that 343 Industries is so talently carrying the torch for Halo very well. Very nice. Alright. So we will see you guys on our next mission. 